You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM. This is The Morning Buzz with Munkiran and Natasha. And we are now speaking to Seth Winder Baines, Associate Director of the South Asian Studies Institute and Associate Professor in the School of Culture, Media and Society at the University of the Fraser Valley. We're talking about the screening of Rails, Jails and Trolleys, a documentary about the Indian farmers' protest. This film documents the largest farmers' protest and the Canadian diaspora's response to it. Seth Winder, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Mankiran, and thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So I first want to get into it. How did this idea of the documentary get started? Um, The documentary's uh, idea is uh, rooted in the idea that we would like to preserve our archives. And uh, as you know, in the South Asian community, it's about 119 years old in Canada. But it has been difficult to go into the past and find really Uh, robust information about events and programs. We have cobbled lots of really good things together, like the Komagata Maru incident, etc., from, you know, 100 years ago. So (laughs) we were hoping that we would capture the event as it happened so that uh, we could have it live, as well as maintain it and and, uh, develop it for the archive in the future, as well as for the present moment. Now, I understand that the South Asian Studies Institute produced this documentary and you worked with a filmmaker, Hena Mann. Tell us about that collaboration. <laughs> so Hena is a very young uh, documentary filmmaker. She's still going to school. She studies at York University, but she's a resident of Abbotsford. And she approached us uh, earlier than the, this time to say, you know, can I do some work with you? And so she developed our first short documentary on the National Historic Site, Gursik Temple in Abbotsford, which is uh, over 100 years old. And we saw her work and were so impressed and said, you know, would you like to take this on? Because she was, it was pandemic and she was in town. And she said, yes, I can take this on. So she spent a year uh, documenting the the uh, protests in Canadian streets. Like, oh, she, of course, wasn't able to go to India. But then from India, we connected with people who, would, who sent us some documentation from there. So her work was really also just establishing her, her position as a documentary filmmaker. And I found, um, interestingly, that the young person's view was really important. I mean, I'm much older, and I wanted to see the this farmer's movement through that young person's eyes because the young in Canada was so charged up by this movement, and it was really impressive to see young men and women coming together and taking on activism and being really involved and engaged so that was another reason we thought Hannah could bring a film through that young person's lens. Mm-hmm. No, and that's, I think, the one thing that I was also quite amazed by, too, was just the number of South Asian Canadians out there really making it a point to have their voices heard. And what did you think of the response? The response was tremendous. It came from so many quarters. It came from all areas of social justice. It came from philanthropy. It came from education. It came from tradition. It came from ideas of migration, you know, these all these ideas are captured in the film because why were we so charged up by this movement you know, thousands of miles away? Uh, partially, we wanted to capture the idea that uh, South Asians are still really invested in their home country, in the politics of that country, in the well-being of that country, in the financial economic well-being of that country. So uh, I think it was a, a natural kind of foundational premise that they would be involved in a social justice movement, because in the hundred years that we've been here, we've been involved in Qadr, we've been involved in 1984, you know, so I think the, that was just, seemed to feel like it was going to be automatically going to surface, but what really amazed us was the breadth and depth of that engagement. It was so wide and so deep, 
and that that's what we were impressed by, that people were engaged on so many levels, and not only were they engaged on this land, they were uh, affecting social media, they were sending money, sending goods, sending uh, uh, good intentions, talking to politicians. So I felt that there was a lot going on, and that was unique. In fact, in our history books, Satwinder, we've heard of non-cooperation movement, we've heard of political uh, silent protests, we've heard of uh, peaceful protests. And you're in today's day and age, when we're talking about in today's times, to see a peaceful protest like this gain momentum on such a huge magnitude. Do you think the newer generation have a hand in, you know, kind of keeping it relevant, making it more uh, widely known and to keep this cause alive? Oh, absolutely. You know, their um, engagement is not just talking to each other, right, like we did when we were younger. Their engagement is really on social media, on television, radio, in their internet, in their phones, poetry, music. You know, their engagement is so wide. And I think they really charged us up to understand that the movement, while, while peaceful, could also have this element of um, activism which was not negative, which was really a, a questioning activism about the role of farmers in government and everything that was happening in the community. So I think their, just their analysis and their engagement, was, to me, that was very, very unique. And it, perhaps it's the uh, time we're in. Like, I'm not saying this couldn't happen when the Kumagaramaru happened, but at this moment, uh, you could be engaged at so many levels. And if somebody wasn't engaged, then it was just their own apathy. You know, they could have been engaged on so much going on. I, I saw the write-ups that were happening, the blogs, uh, the social media, small uh, Twitter or other feeds that were happening, websites being developed. And I thought the youth have really taken on this as a responsibility. And the amazing thing is this issue did not just kind of, you know, uh, touch the hearts of our South Asian community. I think everyone here in Canada kind of... Um, they saw the story, they saw the pathos, yeah. they saw the, the pain that our farmers back home faced. And I think that's a big victory in itself. It is, and it was across the nation. And it wasn't just in kind of the global movement. So the youth were engaged with other youth across the world. And I think that was really useful. I, what I found fascinating was the youth involved with youth in India. You know, there's not a lot of platforms for that to happen. So the youth in India that were talking to the youth over here, I thought, well, that's really good. Because, you know, we, we've kind of, while we invest in our home country, I think uh, kids born in Canada, the second generation of kids born here, don't have as much connectivity with the people who are still living there. We have it through the international students that come to Canada, but even that, you know, we're not really mixing with them. We're not intermingling with them. We kind of understand them and give them room, but I don't think the domestic students are doing much to really engage with the youth that come from India, as in, uh, large numbers that come as international students. So I think this was really fascinating for me that kids were talking from here to kids over there and not kids, young people. And uh, the young activists in India were so powerful. And I saw young women in India who were uh, publishing, who created Trolley Times, as you know, the newspaper that came out. This is, this is Shades of Gadar. When Gadar was around, they were writing poetry and sending newspapers across the oceans into Europe, into Southeast Asia, into India, into America. And I thought, this is like that movement. It is exactly like that, but of course, with a different flair. Of course. And you know, one thing you're mentioning there, Satwinder, is social media. And just how big a role has social media played in so many of the movements that we see today? 
on social media was very, very influential and very powerful. Uh, I think if social media had not been there, this movement may not have had the global impact that it had through that uh, medium. I think if it had just stayed at the level of uh, uh, student um, uh, newspapers or maybe television, I don't think it would have reached as many people. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that at the screening, there is going to be a panel discussion. Can you tell us what people can expect? Yes, yes I'm so excited about the panel discussion as well, because we wanted activists to come and speak to the event uh, at the at the film screening. So the ones who were in the in the thick of things involved in the uh, movement itself in writing, we wanted them to come and tell us like what were they thinking. And not just that, I really wanted them to do a post analysis, like a post mortem of the uh, of the event of the year, and tell us, you know, what did they learn? Uh, how has that? Uh, created new seeds of revolution. What has happened? How charged up are they? You know, what what next? What what are they doing to follow up with the follow-up of the movement? Have they stayed connected? So the activists that are going to be coming there, they're artists, they're writers, uh, they're uh, social media leaders. Uh, I would like them to come and speak to the event. Mm-hmm. It would be really interesting to see that. Now, Seth Winder, I want you to get into even just the name of this documentary, <laughs> Rails, Jails, and Trolleys. How, what, what inspired that? Well, um, we wanted something, obviously, you know, that would uh, make people stop and think. But one of the, uh, the it comes from factual uh, um, development of the movement. So they started uh, by uh, doing the Rail Roko movement, which was, they sat on the rail tracks in small villages and small towns in Punjab, Haryana, and just uh, stopped the trains from moving. You know, said, no, we're not going to let the goods move. We're not going to let the food move if you're not going to listen to us. So it started with the railway movement. And then it got charged up into Delhi Chalo. So then they went to Delhi. And uh, they, uh, uh, when they got to Delhi and near Haryana, they started to be put in jail. And you saw lots of activists going to jail. Uh, they, that... A movement was also very captured in a very poignant way, and and social. Ju- and I, I want to just say, justice did prevail; that those activists were freed. They were uh, put into jail on trumped-up charges. Uh, however, you know, people did die, and there was violence. Some violence that happened after the in the end of the event, end of the movement, and then the trolleys were this massive movement of uh, tractors that came from Punjab and from Haryana and moved into Delhi. And with them, they brought their trolleys. The trolleys became their houses. Their trolleys became their homes. Their trolleys became places of uh, worship, of uh, activism, of uh, community, of food, of love, of uh, beyond just themselves. They were feeding villages that were around the you know 20-kilometer radius that they were parked in. They were feeding the Lesalab Langar. The trolleys became these uh, uh, transportation vehicles I call of love. You know, they moved food. They brought food in from other parts of the province. In that time, in that one-year period, a village, there was, there was about, you know, probably like three, 4,000 villages in that region. Each village took a day and said, we'll send the food for that day. And the trolleys came loaded with food, with vegetables, uh, with onions, with potatoes, with, you know. And so those trolleys took on such a great significance. Uh, and uh, they charged up the community to be able to live there for a year. Even through the pandemic, I give them credit. I bow to them that they had this much perseverance. Satinder, in spite of the victories, I would not like to think that this is the end. What is next with the farmers' protest? What are we looking forward to in the coming future? Well, I'm hoping that 
the academics, uh, you know, do the analysis and write the article so that they can, so that we can have that record and that analysis, political, social, cultural uh, uh, analysis. I'm also hoping that those alliances that have been formed with uh, activists in India and across the globe, I hope that those mature and that they become uh, long-term and that we don't lose the spark of, uh, of ideas. But what I want to say, the greatest thing that will come out of it is that activism has become, has always been part of our foundational kind of uh, historic legacy, but that it becomes a, a movement of today, that we take that legacy, and we have done that, we have proven that the legacy of the past lives in the future if we know the past. So recording this is very important for the future. I'm hoping that this is a lightning rod moment, just as Gadar was, just as Komagatamaru movement was, as lightning rod moments that change us that uh, transform us into better humans. And, and, you know, I want to also say, we don't need to only look at India as a country that needs help. Agriculturists around the world need our help. Climate change is real. I'm hoping that the activists in Canada can also pick up their heads and look at what's happening in their backyards. You know, what is food security about in, in, in Canada? So I'm hoping it's a very much a global idea about food and security and government's role in that. Uh, so I'm hoping this also charges up on that level. And Satvinder, just uh, I would like to make a mention here that the irony of it is the government of India says that it had no record of the number of farmers who died during the protests. And this attempt of, you know, making this film, I think, is an ode to the people who lost their lives for this cause. Yes, absolutely. And uh, to us, you know, even one death uh, on that movement was too much. But to have to have so many people die for so many reasons, was heartrending, and and yet they persevered. Yet no one picked up and left. Yet they kept going. And the faces of those people, if you see in our poster, we've tried to capture kind of the resolve on their faces. Older men and women, younger men and women, children. You know, we tried to capture that resolve in them that said, we're not going to back down. This is about our livelihoods. This is about our legacy. This is about what we do as citizens of this country, and I think that resolve has captured itself in the, in the film. I hope it has. Mm-hmm. Satwinder, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. But before we let you go, if people want to check out the screening of this documentary, where do they need to go? Yes, thank you, Mankiran. Uh, the documentary is going to be aired a uh, Wednesday from this week, next Wednesday, not this week, but the next Wednesday on the 24th. It's from 4 to 6 p.m., and it's at the University of the Fraser Valley. A theater. We have a, a large theater that holds about 130 people. We're hoping all the seats will be full and people will come and watch the film. And then I hope the dialogue will increase uh, our uh, awareness. Uh, it's a free event. Uh, anyone can come, but they do need to sign up on Eventbrite. Uh, if you just Google uh, rails, jails, and trolleys, it'll show up. And uh, please do sign up and do come. We hope to get some media coverage afterwards as well, just to see you know people's thoughts about what. Uh, they thought the film did for them. I know that uh, the film, uh, the movement is captured in our minds because we watched it on television and it unfurled in front of us. I understand that. But this is different because it's doing a, an analysis of what happened uh, in, in the moment and after the moment. So I hope that people come for that value and also to show solidarity to the farmers that they've committed solidarity to for so many, for such a long time while the movement was going on. And I do hope that an alliance comes out of this that becomes a global alliance for all farmers across the world.
Definitely. Sathwinder, thanks again for your time. You take care. Yes, yeah, thank you, Mankaran, for your time. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye.